Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Hey, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are talking about God's word today. Specifically, we are in the book of Psalms, and our verse this month is from Psalm 48, 14, and it says this, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. So for those of you who are memorizing with us, last week we had our teaching episode and we talked a lot about what this verse means. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about what this verse means, but we're also going to kind of delve into how do we apply this to our lives? Why does it even matter? And today I've got Elizabeth Woodson here with us. Welcome, Elizabeth. Yay. I'm so glad to be here. Okay. So before we get started, will you just tell us your most recent project that you've been working on? Because I am just so excited about it. I I was telling her before we started recording that I've been following her on Instagram and I'm like, all these reels I have coming up, I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, this is so good. Yeah. You know, I have my hands in a couple of things. And so one of the recent things that I really love is a podcast I host called Starting Place. And we talk about what Christians believe and why it matters and really kind of what are the foundational truths of the Christian faith. And then Again, how do we live those out? Like, how do they not just stay in our head, but make it to our heart and to our hands? And so it's been really fun. We've been walking through the story of the Bible, which if anyone has heard anything I've said over the past uh, few years, it is that. I love the story of the Bible. The meta narrative makes studying the Bible that much easier and clearer. And so also helps us see who God is in a really beautiful way. And so those are kind of the spaces I speak, teach, podcast, and just have a really fun time doing all those things. Well, I'm just excited to have you here. I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes and I feel like Dwell is like the Twitter of Bible (laughs) and you are like the whole like library. (laughs) So, you know, we're just like looking at one little verse or putting it under a microscope and we're seeing, you know, how does this, how does this fit? How does it matter? And definitely trying to see it in the bigger picture of God's story. But I feel like you are the like complete zoomed out version. So for anybody who's looking for that zoomed out version, we'll put Elizabeth's podcast in our show notes so you could go check out. It's called Starting Place, right, Elizabeth? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's get jumping into this verse. We have so much to talk about and I'm so excited Mm -hmm. about it because this is like my theme right now. Mm. It's like my pledge of allegiance to my God. It's like, man, I just love, love, love this verse. So I'm going to say it one more time for those of you who who haven't been memorizing with us and this is your first time. For this God Mm. is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Psalm 48, Mm. 14. So I want to start out by just breaking it into two parts and looking at both of those parts and kind of asking a couple questions. So that first phrase for this God is our God forever and ever. Which God? You know, like, what are we talking about here? Who are we talking about here? Who is this God? Who is our God? And I feel like you are just the exact right person <laughs> to have to tell us about this because I feel like you are constantly looking at this zoomed out yeah. you know, picture for us. So how would you answer that, Elizabeth? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is, and you you probably have covered this in the previous episode you did on this verse, but it's the God of Israel. And so mm-hmm. this verse is written by Israel to help 
celebrate who God is and what he's done in their lives. And so really for us, it's the God of the Bible. It is our triune God and what we as Christians believe there's only one. So folks have lots <laughs> of things to say about who God is, but it really is the one true God we see in scripture. And we get to see the magnitude of what he's done for them. Just even mm-hmm. in this small little verse, just, just these key pieces of his character that I know we're going to delve into, but that is the God we're talking about is a God who has saved Israel and through Jesus, the God who saved us. I love that. So how can we be sure that this God is going to be our God forever and ever? Because that's what they're saying here. Yeah. They're saying to God, hey, you are our God yeah. and you're going to continue to mm-hmm. be our God forever and ever. What is it about God that would lead them to be able to say that? Yeah, one of the things that God reveals about himself, which is what I always love, is he tells you who he is. Uh, I tell folks, if you mm-hmm. walk through scripture and you or get to the passages that we kind of love to drop off on because they might be confusing or hard, always mm-hmm. look for the character of God. Like it always points us to who God is. And mm-hmm. what he shows himself to be to Israel is that he's faithful, right? That he's a God that's going to keep showing up. He's a God that's going to pursue. He's a God that's not going to give up. And so, you know, what this is pointing to, their faithfulness is tied to the covenant that God has made with Israel. And so he's like, I'm going to be your God and you were going to be my people, right? Like he made it real clear. They had a little, I don't know what we call it when I was growing up. This makes me feel really old, but it's like defining the relationship conversation. Oh. I <laughs> it's oh, like, okay. what like... are we? What are we? Are we a thing? You know? And so we God... the short, the short version for that was DTR. Yes. Was yes. Christian ministry. Did he DTR with you? Did he DTR with you? Did he, did he tell you what you are? And so God has made oh. it very clear their relationship mm-hmm. status. And he's like, man, I'm committed to you. And I'm kidding. No matter what you do. And scripture tells us that God is faithful, even when we're faithless, because he can't deny himself. And so it is both they've seen it in his words, but also in his actions that he is going to be faithful forever and forever doesn't have an end date. Can you just kind of delve a little bit deeper into what you just kind of briefly said about he's faithful, even when we're faithless? I don't want to leave that sit without going a yeah. little deeper in that. How is that good news for us? How does that hit us as right now people who maybe aren't perfect? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, on one end, it's just this idea that there's nothing that you can do that's going to make God kick you to the curb. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in moments where either we're trying to white knuckle it, like I'm just trying really hard, or mm-hmm. we place our faith in what we do. And so it's like, I didn't read my Bible. I haven't shown up to church. I've been praying. Haven't been living right, you know, God's not going to answer my prayers. He's not going to bless me. He's not going to show me his grace. And what scripture tells us is that God doesn't show up in our lives because we're perfect people. He doesn't bestow blessings and grace upon us because we're perfect people and we meet some standard. He does it just because he loves us and his love has been shown to us through Jesus. And so there are seasons and sometimes the seasons last longer than we want them to where I, I kind of say, it's just, it's not giving what it's supposed to give. Like, it just is not, life is lifing. That's what people will say to me. They're like, life just feels like it's lifing right now. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. we need a God to know that he's like, I'm with you. He's like, I got you. Growing up, I grew up in a Christian household, grew up in the church. And so one of the phrases I would hear people say is, it feels like I'm far from God. And what my leaders would tell me is, it's, well, if that is true, it's not because God has moved. It's because you have. <laughs> like, it, like, yeah. it's just, like his presence is constant. This place with us is constant. And so the moments where we feel like we just don't really measure up and it's, it, life is just hard and we're in a hard place with God, what we can be confident of is he doesn't abandon his people. And so in the moments where it was really hard to be us, for us to be faithful, 
God is more invested in you becoming who you need to be than you ever will. And so (laughs) (laughs) that is a great quote. Yes. Amen. (laughs) And so he's going to keep And So I think that that we can find comfort in that, that in the moments we feel like we don't measure up, that God is still with us and he's still acting on our behalf and always will, because that's who he is. I just love that. I think that just gives another layer of when I say those words to myself for this God is our God forever Mm -hmm. and ever. Like in spite of me and my failings, God is still God. He's still my God. He's right there waiting for me to turn around and be like, okay, I messed it up again. I don't have to like hang out in my shame Mm -hmm. or my sin. Mm -hmm. He's just waiting for me to just turn and be like, okay, I'm sorry. I did it again. You know, because that's the Christian life is this constant back and forth, back and forth. I mean, like we don't, I don't know about you, but I haven't arrived yet. (laughs) I don't think that's in the cards for me. (laughs) No, me neither. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think having that like understanding too is really helpful, like going forward, like, okay, I know that I'm going to mess it up. I might be feeling pretty good about myself right now, but likelihood is in about 20 minutes, I might just lose my temper or I might just, you know, whatever it is. Awesome. Okay, so let's move on to that second half. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. So what does this tell us about the humility of a God that would stoop to be our guide? When I think about a guide, I think about like these great explorers or whatever. Their guide isn't the person that everybody talks about. Even though that the guide is the one who's actually knowing and doing and, and all the things, yeah. you know, like I come from the state of Missouri and we have this big, you know, statue of Lewis and Clark and Lewis and Clark middle schools. Right. And I'm like, what about Sacagawea people? Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have gotten anywhere without her. Yep. So, you know, what does this tell us, though, about God that he would stoop to be that humble? Yeah, I mean, I think you you have pointed towards the the big thing is the the willingness of God to help us navigate a world that is difficult and broken because of our own sin. Mm-hmm. The reason we need a guide is because we've messed it up. And that's what the Bible tells us. And so this humility that God is like, okay, even in spite of what you've done, I'm going to show you the way. And guiding people is difficult. Because sometimes we think we know better than the guide. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like, I saw this on the internet, God. I think I have a better yeah. map than you do. I'm pretty sure I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know. Asked. Somebody I told me. It. I Googled it. It's cool. I don't need you. And he just, he's patient. I think within that guide is he goes at our pace. Um, and he is willing to be with us when we get in places where we get turned around. Like the guiding process is messy. The guiding process is not always easy because not because of God, because of the people who's choosing the guide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of humility. I think of faithfulness. I think of his protection. You know, so the guide is making sure that you are not going down the path that is going to take you to the place of danger. The guide is the one that's there in front of something pops up on the path. Like the guide is the one that makes sure that you get to the destination in one piece. Yeah, And so there's a humility there, there's the patience there, there's protection there, there is the, you know, I think about just the encouragement there. The guide is the one who's like, yo, we can do it. Come on, team. Come on, team. Let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. Because the path can make us weary. And we have a God who is like, we, you will make it to the end. And the moments where you think you won't, the God is there to encourage you. And so 
all these aspects of what it means for God to love his people, that he would care to do that. The creator of the universe, I often try to think of the, the places that are bigger than just earth, to the stars in the sky, the universe, galaxies, all those things that God has created. Like, like, there's just certain, I think, things that we can just run past and not take a pause on and realize the God who created all of those things wants to guide me. Specifically, like individually, yep. you, yep. Elizabeth Woodson, yep. right now, today. Yep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Super wild. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we have a God that is like that God? I came to Christ when I was in college, and I did so by basically doing like a study of the major world religions and like, yeah. I'm weeding that one out. I'm weeding that one out. Yeah. I'm that. You know, I'm like, I know I can't become you know, some kind of God-like person myself. There's no way I'm reaching nirvana, Yeah, (laughs) you know. But this God, the God of the Bible, is like so radically different Yep, that he is, you know, humble and and willing to stoop Mm -hmm. and to to be with us. Like the guide is with you the whole journey. It's not just like, hey, you got to do all these good things to get to me. Mm -hmm. Hope you get there. It's like, this is the God who is with us. This is Emmanuel, exactly. you know. Exactly. So our guidance does not depend on us then. Mm-hmm. It depends on him. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit faithfulness, and we talked about it just a second ago, about how we can be faithless, and yet God is still faithful to us. Mm-hmm. How do you see that sort of in the grand narrative of Scripture? Because I feel like if we zoom out from just this little verse where God is, you know, where the Israelite people, God's people are talking to God specifically in this hymn that they're singing, Mm -hmm. like how do we see that faithfulness story play out in their lives, Mm -hmm. you know, in the lives of New Testament believers? How do we see that play out for us as New Testament Christians who are believers 2000 years after Jesus? How does this little thematic, this thread of faithfulness, flow through that grand narrative? Yeah, that's a big question. There's different ways that people have broken up the story of the Bible. I think an easy one, if you're like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, Elizabeth, it's creation, Mm. fall, redemption, restoration. But what you see kind of are these movements in the story. The story is moving in one direction and that's forward. And Mm. so God creates us and everything's perfect that our best life is in him. Shalom, flourishing, sin messes that up. So if you're like, why is the world a broken place? It's because of sin. And that's like the first three chapters of the Bible. A lot happens at the very beginning. (laughs) And then really for the rest of the Old Testament, what you see is God in in Genesis 3, God makes a promise. He's like, I'm gonna fix it. Like, I'm gonna get you back to where you need to be with me. Mm -hmm. And what we see the Bible do is zoom in on one family through whom God, it initiates a plan of redemption. Like he uses them to do his work. And what we see is they, it's a struggle between will I obey God or will I go my own way? Like the Bible is a, a story of contrast. And there's a lot of times there's only two options. Like it's God's way or everybody else's way. It's a wide road, it's a narrow road. <laughs> it's the way of <laughs> wisdom or the way of foolish, like yeah. foolishness. Oh, yeah. And so what you see as you hear story after story of these people, so it be Abraham. It could be Israel in, ex- in, in, in slavery in the Exodus. It is Israel when they get kings, right? So you read the like first Samuel through like second Chronicles, the story of Israel's monarchy. The thread that runs at the top of that is this question, will they be faithful to God or will they just be faithful to their own way? And what you see is a struggle 
that sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Really good things happen when they do. Really bad things happen when they don't. But above all of that is God sticking with them. And so he doesn't abandon them. And he keeps doing things to move them towards the goal. He keeps reaffirming his promise that he hasn't left them. And sometimes God's faithfulness to us looks like consequences for our behavior. Mm -hmm. And so we will see that. Like eventually, because Israel just chooses to be so disobedient, God sends them into exile. And exile is really, really hard. It's a really hard place. But within this place of consequences and judgment is always hope that God says, I haven't left you and I'm going to get you to the goal. And so we see that through the Old Testament. Like that's what we see high, high level through all the stories and all the people <laughs> yeah, is this, yeah. this pull between, will Israel be faithful? They struggle with being faithful. God's going to keep making sure that they get to the place they need to be. And ultimately what you see is that, oh, we can't do it on our own. That is what we see is I am unable to overcome the power of sin on my own. And you open up the New Testament and what you see is God sends a solution in Jesus. And so you want to know if God's a promise keeper that he set out before the beginning of time to save us and sends himself. Another point at which I sit in awe. He could have done anything. He sends himself. Just send send another book, yep. prophet, like yep. any of those things. Any of those things. But he comes and he lives in our world with all the foolishness that's now here <laughs> and the humility of that oh. to come to us, to speak in a way that we would understand, to give of himself mm -hmm. that we might have life. And then he gives the Holy Spirit, right? Because it's like, you can't live this world alone. You're not going to make it. You only live this world through the power that God gives, and that only comes through faith in Jesus. And so what we see is Jesus comes, provides salvation. And the question is, well, how do we live as we're waiting for Christ to return and restore this world to perfection? And that's the Holy Spirit, and that's us. That's where we pop up in the story. God is still faithful. We still struggle with sin, but we've been given power to overcome that through faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we see the story is, God creates us to live in perfection and beauty with him. Sin messes that up. As we're struggling to decide who we're going to follow, God says, I'm going to provide the way out for you. And that's through Jesus. And we are waiting for him to return and renew all things so that the beginning and the end of the story matter. If you look at Genesis and you look at the end of Revelation, they kind of are a little similar because yeah. we start with God, we will end with God and live with him for eternity. God is faithful. And you see, he never gives up on his people. And that is still true now. The mm -hmm. faithful God in the Old Testament is the same God that we see in our lives today as we wait eagerly for him to return. Mm. I love how you went all the way to the end. Like, we're still in the middle. Like, mm -hmm. just because the Bible is done being written doesn't mean that we're not still in the middle of God's story. There's more to come. Even exactly. the best is yet to come, in fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I like that our verse actually takes us to the end. It mm -hmm. says, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end, which we yeah. haven't reached yet, right? Yeah. That end is, is I guess, the day when, when Christ comes and we, we live forever with him, you know, in heaven on earth, yeah. which is amazing. And again, totally wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you just shared that big picture story because I feel like sometimes we kind of get down in the weeds, mm -hmm. you know, and it's good to be reminded like when everything seems like it's fallen apart, when it really feels like, Hey, I need a guide in a major way. Yeah. Like 
God's got the end already figured out. Yep. And it's with him. So he's not only our guide with us, but he's our goal. He's yeah. the end. He yeah. is the end, right? Yeah. That's where we're headed. He is both with us right now. And the ultimate goal is for us to be with him forever. Yeah. Like you said, in the beginning with God, right now, he's still with us. Yeah. In the end, face to face. Exactly. What a glorious day we're looking forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Elizabeth's coming out with a new Bible study from Lifeway called From Beginning to Forever. Mm -hmm. So if you want to delve deeper into that story, you got to go there. You got to go there, do it with your people, read that. I mean, like, just be blown away by the story of God and that he includes us in that story. So if you want to do more, you got to do that. So I haven't done the study yet, but one of the things that you said on one of those little videos on Instagram was, we do not have an invented faith. We have an inherited one. Mm-hmm. So how is part of our faithfulness, a passing down of our faith to the next generation? Because that's what this, this yeah. you know, declaration that they're making is. This is a declaration of you're our God and you're going to be faithful to, to the end with us, right? Yeah. So they're making this declaration of this God is our God. It's a corporate statement. Mm-hmm. So how do we make sure this God remains our corporate God, not just right now, but the next generation of people who can say, this God is our God. Where does the rubber meet the road here for this idea of faithfulness? Yeah. You know, I think this idea that we have an inherited faith, not an invented one. Those are the words of Pastor Eric Mason. He's wonderful, wonderful Bible expositor, a wonderful ministry in Philadelphia. And I think what it points to is that we need to live in community with the saints of the past. Uh, in the present with our eyes in the future. And so a lot of times our understanding of what it means to walk faithfully is just limited to our current generation or just our friend group. And what another point of just pause and awe is that Christians have been around for thousands of years globally. So, you know, every continent, (laughs) you know, through generations, through really wonderful seasons in the world and through really hard seasons in the world, God's gospel has gone forth and God's people have been faithful to hold on. And one thing I do really practically personally is I do a lot. I try to be in conversations with people who live before me, which means I read their books or read books about them. And I just read about history. And I'm reminded that nothing has thwarted the gospel, that the gospel has gone forth. I see what God's people have done to remain faithful. We talk about how in Christianity, we really don't do new things. You will see. Uh, we shouldn't. It's a, it's a bad idea. No it's a bad idea. It before it probably it's not good. It might be called heresy. It might be just a little bit. And so you, just, you uh, see the importance of that. You know, I mm. think the importance of those, the especially the first centuries of Christians, they were really passionate about passing down what mm. had been given to them. It was like this this big baton marathon race, and I want to yeah. pass down what I've been given, and so I protect it. And I learn it and and I give what is right and true and I live faithful. I can see every day. And so they're living faithful in community. And so I think we can take a look back, but it's also, man, how does my life impact future generations? And I think a part of that is sometimes we fall in love with the big Instagrammable social media moments. And it's like much of our life happens in really ordinary moments. And ordinary moments to me are really holy. Because it's, it's in those places that we're able, all, all of life is lived before the Lord. 
but it's in those places that we're able to show for the people in our lives what faithfulness looks like. Whether it's faithfulness somehow and while I'm picking up my kids from the school and the school check is going by, right. yeah. you know, it's faithfulness and I am cooking dinner, I'm at work, I'm with my friends, I am trying to love my family through a really hard season, extended family, like it's just faithfulness over time. Mm-hmm. That makes an impact on people. Like people yeah. might not say a lot, but they're always watching. And so that we would recognize, let me embody faithfulness with a mind that God is going to minister to someone through my life, that they would see what it looks like and then embody it themselves. I think of legacy. Legacy to me is that big word. It's like, how am I leaving a legacy? Whether you have a nuclear family or not, I'm single with no kids. And I still think about legacy and really that's spiritual legacy and that's discipleship. So it's, I'm encouraged by the past. I see what it looks like, but then I embody that with a mind on the future. And I think that that's how we, we live in community for the long haul on this faithfulness journey. I love that. I think of that myself sometimes where I'm like, you know, especially being in a position where you're sort of like a professional Christian. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? that's real. <laughs> like, I, I'm also a pastor's wife. So like the, <laughs> the magnifying glass is, yeah. is, is right on top of me all yep. the time. But what you said is so true. Like God is always aware of, of where our hearts are, you know, and I can put on a pretty good show at church and I can put on a good show for Instagram, mm-hmm. but man, like I live every day with my kids and probably one of the most impactful people, whether I, I like it or not yeah. in their lives is me. Yep. And I think about the people who have impacted me the most in my life. They are real life people. Yeah. I can't think of any writer or theologian or teacher like when somebody says who's impacted your life the most it's a real life person yeah it's good that we get to do the things that we get to do to teach people that's great and everything i'm not i'm not you know yeah. not knocking that yeah. at all but like is it more important that in those mundane everyday mm-hmm. relationships am i pursuing my friends Am I asking them out to coffee? Am I asking that deep question? Am I yeah. praying for them? You know, those kinds of things. Those are, man, far more significant in the kingdom of God. Yeah. At least they have been for me personally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, we've talked about this verse being like a pledge of faithfulness to our God. So I'm thinking about all of our people or most of our people, at least that listen yeah. to this podcast and who are dwell members, we're memorizing this verse. Right. So how might this be something that we would say to the Lord as like a a pattern of faithfulness in our lives? You know, I always think of part of the reason for Bible memorization is to counteract the lies we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. or to like grab us in the moment where we're about to like (laughs) go off somewhere. (laughs) And, And it is in that moment where I feel the lack of distrust rising up in me. And I'm Mm. like, God, you're my God forever. You will be my guide to the very end. That we remind ourselves of what is true in the moments where it feels like it's not true so that we can live in its truth. And so to me, you know, I think embodying this really is, and how do I use this to help reset my eyes when life makes them a little cloudy and help to encourage myself? And encouragement from other people is really great, right? That's the Christian way, right? We live in community, we encourage one another. But in some seasons, you have to learn how to encourage yourself. I think Mm -hmm. that is a place of spiritual maturity where I have learned how to 
get myself up off the couch. (laughs) Put some clothes on, girl. Wash your face. Yeah. And work it out. Like, we got to go. You got to go. And it's like, I say that as a resolve. Mm. I say that as like, there's like a powerful statement. Like, he is my God forever and ever. He's going to be faithful to me. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. I'm not going to let this situation break me down. I'm going to stand the strength that I don't know how it's going to work out, but you know who's my guy? God. And he has mm-hmm. guided me through all this other stuff. He's going to guide me now. His mm-hmm. guidance to me is not going to stop. And so that to me is, is somehow I, I see it is it, it it's what truth does for us and how it transforms in the very moment that we need to be transformed to keep living well for the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is so good. That is a great place to end because I feel like that is where we are. That is where our people are. That is our heart Mm -hmm. is that this verse would sink deep down and it wouldn't just be like head knowledge. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I memorized that verse. Like who cares if you know the whole Bible by heart, if it's not actually changing your heart. Exactly. So that's our challenge for you guys, for our listeners is would this verse, would the ideas that we've talked about today, would God's faithfulness to you encourage you in your faithfulness to him that when you're catching yourself like elizabeth said just kind (laughs) of going down the wrong path that maybe you would actually say this verse to yourself and be like no 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 god is my god and i'm gonna follow him so good well thank you so much elizabeth for joining me today this has just been a joy i'm so excited about the work that you are doing for the gospel and yeah just thanks for making time for us today yeah thanks for having me it was fun to talk with you Hey, are you loving this month's verse, but you want a little bit more? Let me tell you, every week we write a devotional email and we post it on our blog online at dwelldifferently.com. And you can also sign up with your email there to get it every single Monday in your Monday morning email, just a little devotional to get your week started off right. So go over to dwelldifferently.com and sign up for our weekly email.